Welcome, anxious humans. I'm Stacey Sorgen, and this is the Anxious Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you are a warrior, an overthinker, someone who plans for every option and iteration of life, you are in the right place. In each episode, we'll explore what makes us unique, weird, and awesome, and how it might be exactly what helps us succeed as entrepreneurs. What if our so-called flaw is actually a tremendous gift and attribute? Let's dig deeper. It's nice to meet you. Hello, anxious entrepreneurs. This is Stacy Sorgen, and I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today. Jake Anderson is the founder of Tripod, a podcast solutions company that gives entrepreneurs more control over their content by removing chaos and complexity. He does this through his 3S method for podcast management, which covers creative strategy, end-to-end systems, and a hybrid staffing model. A seasoned podcaster himself, Jake is the host of Podcast Marketing Radio, where he provides strategic insights for business owners on how to get started marketing in your business with a podcast. He also shares stories of how some entrepreneurs have been able to grow their revenue and income by using podcasts to expand their network, build trust, improve brand awareness, and increase sales. Jake is also the host of the Introspective Podcast, which has evolved from interviewing a wide range of highly successful entrepreneurs to now providing a documentary style format that gives his listeners deeper insight into the painful lessons and breakthrough moments associated with his journey of business ownership. A family man with two boys, Jake values meaningful relationships and human connection as top priority for success in both life and business. I think this is a good episode, and I really think that you'll enjoy hearing us just really dig in and talk about the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. And I love Jake's attitude about how he handles anxiety as it comes up. He's just got fantastic ideas, and he has a fantastic quote that he's going to drop on you. So I hope that you will stay tuned. I hope that you love this episode. Let's go ahead and dig again with Jake Anderson. Jake Anderson, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak with the anxious entrepreneurs. I know everyone's going to be really excited to to meet you. You are um, the first male identified person to be on my podcast, and I'm so excited to introduce you to everyone and for them to get to know you. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live and what you do? Yeah. Thank you, Stacey. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come onto your podcast and speak to your audience. Um, so for, uh, I'm a country boy. If you can't tell the twang, that's the Appalachian twang. I'm from Southwest Virginia in the Roanoke area. If anybody's familiar with that beautiful, beautiful place, lots of mountains, good scenery, a little bit slower paced, which I prefer. Um, I have lived in the city. I lived in Richmond actually for seven years, which is where I started my first company, <laughs> my first business. And it was, uh, Richmond's about three hours away from where I live now. And that was, um, well, technically I, I took the first step in 2008, but it, I went through four years of just making bad decisions in business and really going nowhere. And things really started getting serious in 2012 when I launched um, my first company that really got traction and turned into to a real business with staff and team and 
operations and it was scaling and doing, you know, doing really well. It's like what everybody would want out of a business. It's growing, it's succeeding, it's it's winning awards. And on the surface, it looked like it was a lot of, there was a lot of success in some respects it was. Um, I was in the special events industry and my niche in that industry was in lighting design. So I would design these really elaborate um, lighting applications for weddings and special events. So I did that, grew the business. Um, in 2016, um, I actually scaled out of the operations. I had about 18 employees, um, left the operations, actually moved back to my hometown in Roanoke, where I'm at now, again, three hours away. And that was a really scary thing um, to go through. Um, <laughs> I could really yeah. go pretty deep in that process of, you know, weddings and events is already is a very sensitive industry. You know, you can't mess up somebody's wedding. If you do, it's like the reputational risk is just, it can be a disaster. Um, but I had a good team. I had really good systems in place and I needed to go back mainly for family purposes. So I moved back and that was in 2016. I'm sorry, 2017 when I moved back. 2016 is when I stepped out of the operations. And at that time, I just lost any passion for that business. And I'd start started on my exit strategy and it was 2018. I'll keep this part really quick because it's a lot of detail to it. But to make that long story short, I was trying to sell the business to uh, my general manager. I then found out that he was doing some unethical things. I guess when uh, <laughs> when when the uh, when the mama bird <laughs> leaves the nest and and you're away, you know, some I guess it can lead to some some uh, behavior that is not desirable in your business, and that was what was happening. So uh, in that moment, I decided to you know call a broker and put it on the market, and that was 2019. And then uh, in January 2020, we found the perfect buyer. They were so perfect in so many ways. It was it was amazing. Came up with a deal, and uh, it was like I think it was like the middle of March. We were getting ready to sign the purchase agreement, and then COVID hit, completely threw the deal off the table. And ran my company into debt, and I had to liquidate the sale um, in December second of 2020. Um, I almost went bankrupt. I lost everything I built. Basically, gave the company away. Uh, by far, one of the most devastating and stressful experiences I had ever went through um, in 2020. Um, I had some pretty pretty dark thoughts. Uh, pretty dark thoughts that I went through. Yeah. And the one thing that kept me sane through that whole process was I started getting into podcasting, which is, you know, <laughs> what we're doing right now. And it's, it's, it's amazing. And it just gave me that connection point. And that's the business I'm in. I set up hybrid podcast management systems for other entrepreneurs who want to use their podcast primarily as a marketing asset for their business. So I, you know, I I built this, started working on that system last fall, which was my my skill set. That's really where I thrived at in business with systems and teams. That's why I was able to leave, you know, three hours from the business. Even though I had that issue with the GM, the business was still growing and operating and we were still flawlessly ex executing. So I just took that skill with me to the next stage. And um, and the business is really starting to take off. I'm still kind of in a in a new phase with it. And Looking back on it, it's it's. Uh, I feel very blessed, even though that situation happened. I, I do feel very blessed in where I'm at today, and couldn't be couldn't be more grateful. Thank you so much for sharing. Wow, what a story, and what a journey you've been through the last year. I have been kind of. I stalked you a little bit on Facebook and on the <laughs> internet, and 
Your podcast is amazing. It's called The Introspective Podcast with Jake Anderson. One belief shift at a time, internalized success. Um, this is awesome. Anybody who's listening, please go listen to this. Uh, but I also stalked your, your Facebook page, and we have a couple different things in common. <laughs> we both like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I mean, like, that makes us like instant friends, right? <laughs> I love The Rock. I love all of his facial expressions. <laughs> He's so we funny. We also love Audio Slave. Okay, Seattle. Like, I'm in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris Cornell. Oh. Yes. Love that music. And, yeah. And we have both been through some struggle. And I know that there are so many people who are listening right now who are in the wedding and photography in- industry and mm-hmm. feel the pain of what you what you went through this last year. Can you tell me what are some of the biggest things that you learned about yourself through the process? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, when one thing I will say about the wedding industry uh, that I I kind of fell into when I got started when I when I first got started in the business I wasn't chasing anything that fulfilled me I was literally chasing money and I was like oh hey here's an opportunity to make money in in an industry and the in the wedding industry can be very lucrative and um, so that was like the driving force when I got started in that business and. And I was very unhappy pretty much the entire process, but in lighting and doing lighting design at the level that we were doing, I mean, I had a, a huge warehouse, tons of overhead. Um, it was a big investment and I'm not somebody who comes from money. You know, this was middle-class family. I didn't have that kind of financial backing. This was all bootstrapped and it put me in a really dark place. So when I was exiting and I was kind of going through that, that period you know, it gave me a lot of introspective within myself. That's why I started that podcast introspective because it was a very introspective time for me. I was exploring myself and my beliefs and what, what is it that where, where do I need to flip this next chapter? Because I don't want this next phase to be something of a dark place like it was in the, in the last chapter. Cause it was really not a good place for me, even though I had the successful business, everything, I wasn't happy. I wanted to be happy that's it. I just wanted to be happy. And so I was much more critical this time about what the next phase was. And it was really important to me that whatever the thing I'm going to do is something that I care about and something I'm excited about, something I'm truly congruent with when it comes to where I want to serve. So that was it. I mean, I, and that's what I was looking for. And I went through so many different business ideas and concepts and, and I was, you know, going through self-exploration and awareness I got into some mindfulness exercises that started getting into breath work and meditation and just exploring myself and who I am and, and who I want to become in this next phase. And, and the, like I said, the biggest thing I learned, I mean, there's, well, there's a couple things about myself that I remember learning during that introspective period. Um, the first one was I, I just was kind of done with, uh, with creative service providing. I mean, this is a really just, I guess, granular detail, but, um, I wanted to do like when it came into doing something creative, I really wanted to do something creative for myself and for my own brand. And that's what we're podcasting kind of gave me that outlet. It's like, here's a place I can really be creative and content and putting it out there and putting a message out and impacting people. And it felt good and it felt right. And I knew that that needs to stay. 
And then you think about things like, okay, well, what do I have to offer? Right. Anybody's ever been in that situation before where they're like, where do I go next? Where's this, where's this next move going to be? And maybe you feel stuck. It's almost like a paralyzing feeling. You don't really know where to go. And that's where, that's how I felt. Um, I started like exploring like my own skills. Well, what do I have to offer? I mean, I'm starting a completely new business in the industry. I've never really, really don't have much experience in. And that's kind of, that's scary, you know, to, to just literally start. It's not like I was going into a different sector in a special events industry. I was going into podcast and marketing. And even though I'd been studying it for a couple of years, it still was very, very new. And I was like, well, I'm really good with systems and teams. And that's, that's where I thrive. So where could I apply that? I need to find a gap here in this market. And, um, and I end up finding a gap and, you know, the hybrid kind of in-house model and helping people build their own in-house system and in-house team and not having to, you know, cause like when I was going through this, I ended up pausing my podcast for a couple months because I was overwhelmed with managing it. And my only options were to like flounder in it, DIY and trying to do all the ed- audio editing all at the same time and trying to figure out a new, new business. And the other option was to hire an agency. And I'm like, I just don't have the money to pay the agency. It's like, so I just started building my system. So last fall, that's what I did. I started building the system. I took the things and the skills that I had and just put it to work. And, you know, I could have very easily just went into that mode of feeling sorry for myself and, just kind of curling up in the ball in the corner. Like, I can't believe I just lost all this. And like, it could have, it could have went that route, but I try to look at for the opportunity and where I could really thrive. And COVID did offer some opportunities, you know, more people were online, you know, everybody's remote. Um, and it just kind of led me to that path. And I feel like that's really where the discovery was for me. That's amazing. And I think that I love that your podcast is called this this introspective. I think that there's a strange thing that happens and I would love to get your take on this. As often as entrepreneurs, when the thing that we're trying doesn't work, we reach outwards and we think like, what certification could I go get? What what thing could I learn? What coaching could I get? What what online program could I get certified in? And constantly hmm. like reaching outward for what can I do next? Or asking people outside of ourselves, what should I do? What should I do instead of looking within and trying to figure out exactly what you said, like, what are my skills from all of the jobs that I have had my entire life? What can I put together? And what would that add up to me, add up to mean in terms of what I would be qualified for in starting something myself? And I love that there was a gap for you, but you were willing to make that leap and to learn about it. And then now you're teaching other people how to do just that. Could you talk a little bit about for anybody who might be interested in in um, creating a podcast, I did this probably not the right way. <laughs> you probably did it more the right way. And I see that you're just about to do your 100th episode. So I am super excited for you for that. But could you yeah. talk a little bit about the skills that enabled you to do what you're doing right now? And maybe some someone who's listening, maybe this would be a perfect outlet for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And First off, um, I have don't 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 give me too much glory here. I have definitely messed some things up. <laughs> um, I it is oh it God. is like I want you know I want and this is an important learning lesson for anybody because I don't 
if, if, if you're somebody listening and you're like, you know, I kind of want to do a podcast and I want to get into it. Like, don't, um, don't let perfection or some kind of uh, expectation in your mind stop you that you've got to, you know, you got to sound a certain way or you got to look a certain way. It doesn't matter. Like just go and start and, and get, and get to work on it. Now, you know, I, I will share with you. So where I, I definitely like with introspective, like the first place, the first question you got to ask yourself with the podcast, and this is something I've recently really, I've, I've come to a lot, a lot of conclusions just in, in recent months, especially as I've started working with other people. And one of the first things that anybody should ask themselves if they're going to start a podcast, in my opinion, is what is the purpose for it? Like, why am I doing this? And I know it sounds like a simple thing, but it's also something that I think a lot of people kind of miss. At least I've seen it and I've witnessed it. And I've even experienced it myself. It's like, what is the actual purpose of it in terms of how is it going to, and I want you to be a little bit selfish here. How is it going to add value to your life? You know, we know it's going to impact other lives, but let's, let's do something for you first. How is it going to impact your life? Because if it's impacting your life and helping you level up in your life, then you're going to be able to serve more people. But if it's not doing that, you'll never be able, you're, you're always going to be capped in who you can ever serve. So um, like with introspective, like when I started it, it was, I didn't really like, I, I had a purpose for it, but it was basically, I'm in a really dark place. I love podcasting, but I had like, I had really, the intention was with introspective was for it to do something with a business because I was looking for this next business opportunity. And, but I didn't have an offer. I didn't have anything to sell at that time. It was just me and my voice. Now, with that being said, now that I do have an offer and I do have a business and I do have something to offer, uh, it's changed. So introspective, um, actually just, um, well, my hundredth episode was with David Meltzer, who's amazing, by the way, um, definitely check it out. He's he was um, the CEO of the uh, Lee Steinberg agency, um, which was uh, model, or I, it was that was the agency that they filmed the movie Jerry Maguire after. Oh, so wow. uh, yeah, and he was like a huge marketing uh, agent. I think he worked with Kobe Bryant and like big time people. He's out in California, and I'm really well connected with his podcast manager, one of his partners. And I was like, oh, I got to get David on the show for hundredth. Like he's he's the biggest guest I've ever had. And, um, but I knew it like at a hundredth episode, I was like, it's time I need to shift my, um, my model here because, and I really want to create a podcast that's going to now serve my business and serve as like a bridge for my business to put, put the message out there and help people in, in podcasting, specifically entrepreneurs who want to use their podcast as a marketing asset. So the purpose for introspective has shifted and what it is now, what it's going to become. I'm, I'm getting ready to release some new content. Um, it's all going to be solo content. And what I'm going to be doing is documenting really the internal thoughts and decision-making process as I go through the, the process of entrepreneurship. But in the beginning, I'm going to set, um, I don't know if you've ever heard us, they call them BHAGs, your big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. So I'm going to be calling out my big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, I'm going to give it a date and a time. And then I'm going to be doing kind of documentation leading up to that. And I want to do it. Have you ever seen the movie Avatar um, with, directed yeah. by James Cameron? Remember yeah. when Jake Scully, like in the beginning or like after he would go, I can't remember the name of the 
the big tall blue people. <laughs> I don't know what they were. I can't remember the name of, them, but after he would go, go and, and, um, kind of live with them for a day, he would always come back and then he would report his experience on camera. Now I'm going to give a little bit more personality. Cause it was just like today is June 21st, 2000. And then this is what happened, but it's going to be very, like, I'm not doing any fancy intros. It's literally I'm hitting record and I'm giving my update on the lessons that I learned that week and make it very specific to big takeaways. And I'm, you know, and how I'm navigating through this entrepreneurial journey with this new business and why I'm doing this. And the purpose of it is because honestly, it's, it's for my kids. I've got two young kids that are five and uh, seven and we live in a really interesting time. And I want to be able to leave behind something for them when they become adults that, Hey, if you really want to start a business, daddy documented the whole journey, <laughs> go back and check it out. And here's all the decisions I made and I set a goal and this is how I got to it. And obviously anybody else that's listening, you know, it'll help them too, you know, cause they'll actually, you're going to get the raw, raw deal here. I mean, I'm not like holding back. It's not going to be all glamor. I'm going to share really probably more of the lows than the highs, but the big lessons and things. So that's what introspective is going. And I'm starting a second podcast. It's going to be more aligned with my business. It's launching in September, mm-hmm. as well as it's going to be a hard launch also with my business. And that podcast, I'll go ahead and say the name because I've released um, I released this already in a in uh, in some content. It's uh, it's going to be called Podcast Marketing Radio. So <laughs> pretty simple. Uh, oh yeah, is that the story launch? Yeah, story launch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. So okay, yeah, perfect. So in storyline, it's like a private podcast. If anybody wants to listen, um, I don't have like I can't remember the URL. If you want to put in the show notes, but it's uh yeah, I'm like documenting the journey on that and the idea is to monetize it within the first week of launching, and it's gonna be monetized through my core offer. So um, so yeah, that's the that's the next podcast and and the skills that I'm bringing to it is, you know, I've definitely have spent a lot of time learning about podcasting. Um, I've taken to it pretty quickly. And um, so, you know, if you're, if you're ever doing anything and you're like, okay, this is something new, really pay attention to how quick you take to it and how natural it feels for you. And it feels natural for you, run with it, double down on that. And uh, so that's that's how I feel about podcasting. It was, it's like, this is something I could really double down on. Um, and then the systems and teams and that skill set that I had with me from the last business. Um, let me think of how to <laughs> explain this in a way that's that's as concise. I'm still full disclosure. I'm still working on the messaging with my my business, but basically, it's called Tripod Content Systems, and Tripod is is stands for like a three S model. So three S is strategy, systems, and staff. So uh, what I do is um, I help you with strategy. And then I've got this system that I built that helps you manage a podcast from booking to post-production to distribution. But uh, the thing that's really unique about it is like the booking process is all automated. So when you bring on guests, uh, it's really easy. You just send them a link and it pulls them in. It takes all their information. It intakes it. Um, I got workflow. I've got a whole SOP document I've created for it. It's, it's pretty, it's, I mean, I've been working on it last fall and it's gone through, I can't tell you how many iterations it's going to keep going through iterations. And eventually it's going to turn into its own SaaS platform or software platform after it goes through another thousand iterations. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the staff is, uh, I'm training VAs to run, learn how to use this system. And then what I do is I take that team in the system 
and I integrate it into to the entrepreneur's business to manage their content through the podcast. And then I put them in a mastermind and we, we uh, collectively uh, mastermind around strategy for content in this particular system. So um, that's the three S model. And, you know, again, it's the, it's the, it's the core uh, skills that I had developed with my last business um, and really strategy too. I, I feel like strategy is, you know, something I've, I've been pretty successful at in my business branding and positioning and knowing how to, you know, with sale, I'm not really a salesperson per se, but um, differentiation and brand differentiation was something I did pretty well with, with the last company. So it's like, you look at what you have, you know, it's like, what can I bring with me? And you made such a good point about how everybody looks to the external. It's like, what do I, where can I go learn? What certificate can I get? But remember listening, I'll end on this and, and kind of cap this off here. <clears throat> I remember there was a podcast episode I listened to his first uh, podcast. I really started to follow, which is who's James Wedmore. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not. He's amazing. He's got the mind of mind your business podcast. And it's really my, it's a lot of mindset. It's success from the inside out. I think it's his tagline. He's amazing. And he, um, he was talking and he was talking or he has in this interview and one, in one of his coaching sessions, he was dealing with a client that was kind of doing that. And she was just like, Oh, I gotta look, you know, I gotta find the things I gotta find things like just start with what you have look at what you have. Just take a minute, look at what you have. What can you do with that? And do an audit on yourself. Take your own inventory and start there. And then wherever you need to fill in gaps, then you can go get the things to fill in the gaps. But you might not have any gaps to get started. You might have everything you need and you just don't know it. So, you know, I definitely recommend that, you know, anybody who's kind of feeling like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know where to go. I got to get all this stuff spend all this money to get all these certificates. It could just be that you had everything you need and you're just not looking at it, not seeing it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that sometimes we can create the most perfect program or the most perfect idea for a podcast in our minds. And we are trying to go through all of the iterations and trying to figure out what people will want, what our clientele or customers want. Mm-hmm. And we will never be able to figure out exactly what everyone wants until we get the ball rolling and we interact with those people that we serve. Mm. And then it changes what we need, right? So as you got started and then as you got people started and, and creating this system for them, it was probably their questions coming back to you like, wait a second, how do I book people? Well, what would be the easiest way? Well, well, um, what's an SOP? Like, oh gosh, I've never done anything like this. I, I recreate the wheel with every single person I'm booking. And you thought, well, hey, cool. And now I have a problem that I know how to solve. And I think that too many entrepreneurs stop themselves short of that because they're afraid that they're going to fail. We're all going to fail. (laughs) We we are all going to F up. We're going to mess up. And through the process of that, we figure out what our clientele needs from us and how to best serve them and meet those needs. Um, I was Uh, laughing as you were describing earlier, like the avatar thing of like coming back and reporting on like how things are going with your business. And it made me think of the show Alone. Have you watched this? As as someone who lives like in the country, maybe you've seen this show where they send people out into like the Canadian wilderness and they give them a camera and they basically have to talk about what they're doing all day, living in the woods all alone. (laughs) 
I've I've heard of the show. Oh, it's uh, so good. But I, I haven't seen it. But yeah, I mean that's that's basically it's like it's like all right, here's the day, and and this is what happened, and this yeah. is the because it, it's so, such a crazy crazy life being in, yeah. in business itself. It really is. The show that, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, you know, they start out real happy and they're like, I'm here and it's beautiful and like, this is so great. And then they get a little hungry, right? We can apply that to our business too. Like, why yeah. am I not finding any clientele? Or, hey, I, I cast my line 50 times today and I didn't catch any fish. And you get to see them evolve over time. And I, I think that that is going to be very likely what we get to see in, in you know, experiencing this evolution with you. I think it's such a cool idea and I haven't seen it done anywhere, anywhere else. So I'm really excited for that for you. Yeah, I well, I appreciate it. And, and, you know, one of the things that, um, I think as a, just in business in general, and this is a, a, a I need, I really want to go back and kind of re, re revisit my core values I like to revisit them every so often because as you go through experiences, you you tend to have some shifts. And it's like, this is really, really important to me. And one thing that's really important to me in business is differentiation. And like, I'm obsessed with being different. I, I can't stand to just be, I don't want to be like anybody else as much as possible. And, and sometimes um, people will look at competition and they'll think like, how can... I be better than my competitors that I don't care about that. All I care about is how I can I be different than my competitors. I want to be as different as possible and different. A lot of times equals to better, you know, depending on how you're differentiating, obviously you don't want to differentiate for the worse. You want to differentiate for the best, but it's like, how can I offer something that's just different and unique? And the more you do that, the, the easier it is to stand out. And the more you can stand out, the easier, everything gets so much easier when, when you're different, when you can differentiate and position yourself and, so, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. And, and, and honestly, like the introspective, it is not for my business at all. It is not something I'm trying to monetize. It doesn't, I don't have any of that baked in there, but you know, I still, there's still something that drives me. I mean, what drives me to do, and I mentioned before was my kids, but even something, even there's even more to it than that. Like, it just feels like something like I was called to do and and I don't know how to explain it other than that. It just feels like a calling mm -hmm. and, you know, doing it this way. I mean, there's no like moving for like the hundredth episode. There's uh, you, you got the pre-recorded intro and all that stuff or whatever, you know, the bells and whistles that you typically see with pocket, like the moving forward, it's not gonna have any of that. I'm literally just like hitting record <laughs> and talking <laughs> and giving my, I'll have a couple bullet points beside me. And then I, I'm not, I don't even have a team for it. I just do that. And then I throw it into the, uh, uh, captivate, which is what I use for my hosting and, and publish it. And then I'm, and then I move on. Um, so it's, it's not, you know, it's more about the message with that one. And, um, but I appreciate you saying that cause it's, it, it is nice to hear that there's differentiation and when you're differentiation and it, and it stands out, then you, you, you stand out more and you're able to impact more people. And that's the, that's the goal there. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, a lot of us, when we start out in our businesses, we take, and I had talked to um, Steph Godreau recently on her podcast about how I tried when I first 
started in my business to be like everyone else. And it's like you see other people being successful and you think, well, if I model myself after what they're doing, obviously that must be the way that this works, you know? And depending on the field that you're in, there may or may not be a lot of information available to you about how to get started, you know? Like I think about therapists and like, here you're a therapist now, but they may not teach you about how to run your business if you're going to go into like a individual practice or if you are, you know, a, a, t- a tutor of some sort, like here you go, here's your education, but like how do you start your business and run your business? And so often we model ourselves after people that we see are really popular or really successful not realizing that those people are really popular or successful because they have differentiated themselves. Us being a carbon copy of someone else does nothing for us. And in fact, it can hurt us, right? It's like the whole, that whole like red water, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, red ocean, yeah, blue ocean. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So we want to get out into the blue water. We want to get away from the other fishermen. We want to get away and be able to, there's, there's enough for everyone when we are all unapologetically just exactly who we are, like when we can yeah. be ourselves and we can um, differentiate ourselves. I, and I think that's such a good thing to remember. But when times get tough, when we get anxious, we search for those external things like we talked about earlier. And then I think also we try to, well, if I just can be a little bit more like Susie or like Jeff, who's who's doing really well in their yeah. business. And it's all about finding your own way. So my question, uh, next question for you is kind of when you've had these anxious moments come up in your business, how did you focus inward? How did you get introspective? What was that process like for you? I can't imagine how you were feeling last December when you had to close everything. What was that like? And how did you, it sounds like you explored a couple different things. What was most helpful for you? Um, the, the key to it was giving myself space. Um, so, you know, just to kind of give you a, a look into like the day uh, or a day of day of the life in that kind of situation. And I, it was most stressful. I mean, it, it, the stress started, let's see. I mean, obviously in March, it was like, it was almost surreal because when it happened, it was like, okay, I remember the, the guy who was going to buy the company. It was like, Hey, let's just, you know, they're shutting everything down. I don't know what's going to happen. There's all this uncertainty. Let's just hold off for a minute. And at that time I was like, okay, you know, what the heck's going on? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like literally just about to close on this business and, and now we're not. Um, and it's, and, and I've been, you know, it, it was constantly, it was constantly on my mind. Um, and it, that progressed more severe as time progressed. And as the reality really started to set in as exactly what was happening and what was happening was, um, you know, I had $40,000 a month, uh, roughly in, in expenses to pay out, you know, I had staff, I couldn't let go of them because they were all specialized. And it's like, well, you know, it takes six months to a year to get somebody trained and we still have these events that we need to do. And I'm three hours away. I can't do that. And uh, so I had to keep them on payroll. So, you know, I'm, I'm taking out the PPP and then I, uh, you know, took, uh, you know, uh, that EIDL loan that they had, there was a couple yeah. grants, but a lot of it, like EIDL loan was the big one. And that was that, you know, it pretty much, you know, at first it was, um, 
wiped out my cash, then it went through through the debt. It goes pretty like 40 grand a month goes pretty quick. <laughs> you start getting through money pretty quickly. And um and so I was trying anyway, there was a lot of logistical things like the SBA was putting me in handcuffs over the whole situation because I'm like trying to sell my company to save it. And they were they put so much red tape around the whole situation. So when I would have these, I would have these days and it was like, oh my God, like this just feels like hell. Sorry if I, that's, I don't mean to cuss or anything, but it, no, you're, you're it, it literally got e rating here. We've got the explicit rating. So go <laughs> perfect. Put the little E on there, but it, it, it was literally, it was literal hell. I mean, yeah. it was, it was hell. Like I would wake up in the morning, just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just don't know what to do. And, um, I, the, the thing that kind of made it easier was um, there was no events going on and people were kind of idle. And I was like, this is just the decision I made. And I think it worked out. Okay. I'm not saying it's a decision somebody else should make, but it's just the one that I made, but I got really focused on the next business and finding that versus trying to put energy into the business that I'm just seeing, just getting you know, driven into the dirt. Yeah. Was and, part uh, of that, like, like all of us, I'm sure we'll be open again in a month. I'm I'm sure we'll be open again yeah. in two months. As that started to wear on, is that when you started thinking, like, what could the next business be and putting attention into that? Well, I had already started that process even prior to the whole COVID thing because I knew I was selling and I was like, I, I need to figure out the next thing. So I was pretty invested in like the next chapter. But when I saw that my business was in a really horrible state, it, it accelerated that focus even more, but it was like, I was trying to stay focused on this next chapter, but at the same time, I've got this massive distraction over here of this business. And I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's a, there's a quote by Seneca, the elder or Seneca, the younger Seneca is his name He's a stoic old stoic philosopher that I've always hung on to. And I feel like this best kind of sums up my situation is that, you suffer more from imagination than you do in reality. Mm. And so in my head, I was suffering, but the reality was actually not so bad. <laughs> but in my head, it was, it was a lot of suffering and ended up working out. Oh my gosh. For all of us anxious entrepreneurs, could you please repeat that like profound quote? You just <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. We suffer more from imagination than we do reality. And, um, when you can separate and, and I, I was also, that's another thing too. Um, if anybody's ever interested in stoic philosophy and, um, you know, learning how to separate yourself from the things you can control from the things you can't control and, and being able, that was another thing I was putting stuff like that, to practice. And that really helped a lot. You know, it's like, I can't stop this pandemic from happening. I can't stop this situation from happening, but what I can control is my, the decisions I'm making today. That's all I can control. But all this stuff around me, I could make a decision and it's my decision. You make a decision to stress out about it. I truly believe that I could make a decision to focus on that and let it just stress me out. Or I can make a decision to focus over here on the new thing or where the new opportunity is and get excited about it. And that really helped me tremendously get through it. And anytime I started feeling myself my focus shifting over here where it was, Oh, here's the stress. Cause it's going to happen. Like you're going to feel it's, it's hard. I mean, it's just like, imagine just like working on something. You just got this monster staring at you in the face 
And it's like, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. And you're like, nope, I'm going to keep my eyes forward and focus on this. I know you're there, but I'm not going to pay attention to you. But sometimes you look and sometimes you turn your head and you look at that monster and it looks at you in the eye and it says, life sucks right now. And you want to give up, don't you? Don't you want to just throw it away? Like, like how bad do you feel about your situation? You know, how could this ever like, look at what, look at all the bad things that happened to you, pay attention to all that. And when anytime I was, when anytime I would look at that monster, I would get up, I would walk outside and just leave. I would leave whatever environment I was in and go somewhere different, whether it be if I'm in my office, I would go out. Always would normally I would go outside because nature has a therapeutic way of just kind of calming you down. And heartedly agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's simple, you know, just keeping things really simple, like keeping life really simple. You know, I I didn't have like this crazy routine I went through, you know, to calm me down. I I just kept it simple and I just left and just went to a different place because that environment is, is where stress is right now. And I need to move myself to a different place and, and that's going to calm me down. So between that and kind of that stoic approach to, you know, keeping your focus on where it, the things you can control and like, let the things you can't control just be the things you can't control. You know, it's there. You can't control it. Just stay focused on what you need to do. And it, you know, that's what I did. And I really feel like it helped. And, um, and it definitely, definitely helped me get through that really dark period. Um, but I will say was, let me say this one last thing. Cause you mentioned December, uh, December 2nd, 2020. I don't think I ever forget that day. Cause that's the day I actually closed on the business. It's like, how did you feel that day? Freaking amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I think I like, I think I like ran outside or something and like sprinted up the road, like with my arms up, like it's done. It's done. It's out of my life. I was so, cause I mean, I had some like, like it, it didn't fail. It didn't go into bankruptcy. I didn't have to make calls to people like the, the, you know, the company's bankrupt. I got to liquidate this. Like I got to sell off all these assets. I mean, I had, gosh, I had a where I had about 4,000 square foot warehouse, just full of lighting, 50 some chandeliers and LEDs. And I mean, tons of stuff just sitting in a warehouse. I had all these employees, what I'm going to do with them and, you know, clients and people. I mean, it would have been a huge mess while trying to start a new business. That would have been, that would have been worst case scenario. And I was so close. I mean, weeks, it was, it was like a couple of weeks. I, I think I had, what was it? I think I had like 20,000, around $20,000 left in the bank, which when your bills are 40 grand a month, that's not a lot. And um, I closed and uh, the new buyer, he took all the liabilities and the assets with them. It was a stock sale for anybody who wants to nerd out on how <laughs> selling a company and what that's all about. Um, it was a stock sale, not an asset sale. And um and I took the cash with me and that was seed money for the next, uh, you know, the next phase. So I, it could have been a lot worse and I'm blessed that it didn't go to the worst case scenario. And I'm blessed to be, to have it behind me. And I'm so excited what I'm doing today. I'm so much happier. So it's, yeah, it's you, yeah. you found it. You mentioned in our pre-interview, a really cool, like visual about what it felt like you had a movie reference for <laughs> yeah. what it was like. And it just... Oh yeah. Yeah. So I always, <laughs> always tell people if you, if, 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 uh, so I'm, I'm 37. So when I grew up, there was a movie called Indiana Jones. Um, and, uh, I, th- I think it was the first one, but if you ever, ever seen that movie, there's a scene where there's that 
that big, like, I can't remember, he's in some, it's the Temple of Doom, I guess. And he's, there's the big rock wall and it's like closing and he's in this, you know, booby trapped room or whatever. And Indiana Jones runs and he like barrel rolls underneath the door as it's closing. And right before the door shuts, he like reaches under the door and grabs his cowboy hat last minute and, and pulls it through and he's, he's escaped. That was me selling my business. Like I was so close to this thing going under. I'm like literally December 2nd, that was me grabbing that cowboy hat and getting it. And then I was on the other side, but it was close. It was, I, I, I remember talking cause I had a broker involved in the, in the deal and, and, um, he was amazing about it. If anybody ever needs a good business broker to sell a company, like, let me know. I got you. I got you a guy who's just, he's amazing. And, um, he worked with me on so many things and making this work. And I just remember after, uh, after we closed on it, uh, he was like, I feel like I really need a drink right now. Like this, he's like, I feel like this, this selling this business could have been a Harvard, could be a Harvard case study. I've never, I mean, this, this guy, by the way, the, the broker, he actually, this is, this is his uh, second career. He's kind of like quasi retired. He was the president of Ford Motor Company's South African division. And he like worked all over the world for Ford as like a top level executive. So this guy's seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. And has sold, you know, tons of companies internationally. He's worked with Ford on selling dealerships and he just got into business brokering because he likes it and he enjoys it. And um, I got connected with him and and I'm like, for you to say that, you know, that's a pretty big deal because this, this was pretty insane. We had to go through, I mean, fighting through the SBA and making the the, the deal structure was was unreal for a little small bit. I mean, it's a small business. It's not like I'm selling you know, some, some billion dollar tech company or something. This is like a little small business in, in Richmond that I'm selling. And it was just so complicated, but yeah, yeah, yeah it was, it was tough. I have a couple of rapid fire questions that sure. I uh, love to ask each person and just get to know a little bit more about you. So first let's say something really stressful, really anxiety, you know, provoking is happening right now. What is the first thing that you do? As far okay, so if there's something really crazy happening right now, what yeah. do I do to to rectify it and get get it down? Oh yeah, I mean leave my leave my current environment. That's it. That's the best. That's my number one go to tool. When I'm really stressed out, I you know I, I I go to a different room. I go outside. I just leave where I wherever I'm at at that moment. And uh, and I'll add one more thing in there too that really helps is breath work. Um, just simple breathing. Just, I mean, no, there's not anything. There's all these crazy breathwork exercises. Just take some deep breaths, go outside, you know, be present. Don't look at your phone, put your phone away, just be present and leave your environment. And that's, that's my go-to in those situations. I love it. Sometimes the most simple answer is the best answer and interrupting the cycle. Like, mm, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you just interrupt a cycle. It's like I'm in a stress pattern right here. Let me interrupt that and put it somewhere and go somewhere different, get a different frequency here. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of these questions are like they can be related to anxiety, like what helps you feel better? Or they could just be like, in general, what are your favorite mm -hmm. sorts of things? So, yeah. um, what is your favorite movie? Ooh. Um, my favorite movie. I love Forrest Gump. <laughs> I'm a huge Forrest Gump fan. I think it's the best, best written movie in the world. I think it's amazing. Do you have a favorite line? Oh, oh man. There's so many good ones <laughs> in that movie. Oh gosh. What was, uh, um, I always like the, 
what is it? Me and Jenny was like peas and carrots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? I, I was. This is like a kind of random. Where he's like, I must have drank like forty five Dr. Peppers <laughs> when he like had to pee and he was like shaking the president's hand. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. So good. Right. I love it. Like when people love a movie, I know that you've watched it a million times. Oh yeah. You know the yeah. lines, right? Yeah. How about um favorite songs? And this could be one that helps you if you're anxious or just like your just your favorite song. And if you can't nail it down to your favorite song, maybe an artist or an album. Yeah, you know. You know what my what my favorite song to listen to? When I'm stressed out. Is "Patience" by Guns and Roses, um, and it kind of because I'm like a very fast moving person and a very type A, go 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 go. And that song is like, all we need is just a little patience, and it's just you know, it's just a real slow song. It's not your typical Guns and Roses like hard rock song. It's more mellow, and. Um, I love, I love that's like that, that has, I've recently found myself listening to that song actually a lot. Anytime I'm feeling a little bit like not, not stressed out in term, I guess it'd be stressed, but more so, um, I, I, I can, cause I can get impatient and usually that stress comes from impatience. Like I want this done. I want it done now. And I feel like it's taking too long. And so I'll listen to guns and roses patience and that kind of helps mellow me out. Um, but I, you know, my, my palette for music has really, um, pretty diverse now. I, I like pretty much any kind of music. The only music I don't like is like current rap music <laughs> or like the current rap music stuff. I just, I don't understand that. Um, but I do love nineties hip hop. I think nineties hip hop is amazing, but the current stuff I can't stand. Um, I love nineties, eighties, seventies country. Um, yeah, I'm a huge, huge music, music fan. Love it all but patience by guns and roses. Anybody listening and you're stressed out, you feel that going on, give that one a try, see how it feels. I think you'll, I think you'll like it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've had anybody name a guns and roses song yet. So you are the first, you are the first. Um, two questions left for you. The next one is what is your favorite food? Like if you could right now call to you in front of you, your most favorite meal ever, from anywhere in the world, what would it be? Mm, um, any kind of a like barbecue platter. I just love barbecue, big barbecue fan. And um, yeah, and it doesn't matter. It can be brisket, pork barbecue, um, any, any barbecue like soul food with, 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 uh, with macaroni and cheese and green beans and the roll and all the butter and, and stuff that's not good for you. I love it. Yeah, that would be it. You did say you're a country guy, so yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Now, <laughs> yep. now, are you a burnt ends person? Is that like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I love that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Anyone I know it, that really loves barbecue raves about burnt ends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It's a must. That's got to be part of it. That's the, the meal. If that meal lands in front of me, it's got to have the burnt ends. <laughs> and then the last question for you is. If you could go back 10 years ago, like Marty McFly, and like tell yourself something that would be just incredibly useful, what would you tell 10 years ago you? I definitely would, like if I were 10 years ago was when I was just pretty much getting ready to start this lighting company. 
Um, I part of me wants to say that I would tell myself not to do it because it's going to send me into a really dark place. But at the same time, it also made the person I am today. And so I don't, I don't have regrets in that regard, but I think what I would tell myself is, um, is you need to really make personal development and self-aware and especially self-awareness, like self-awareness really needs to be a priority. You know, think about, going into this next business, what I did the second time that I didn't do the first time that I, I, if I would have done it the first time, I probably would have made some very different decisions. Probably would be better off today too, but you know, the decisions you make are the results you get. But what I would have done differently is I would have really researched the commitment a little bit more and thought like, okay, I'm going into the lighting business for weddings and special events. What does that mean? What does my lifestyle look like doing that? Oh, that means I got to work Fridays and Saturdays till two o'clock in the morning, plus Monday through Thursday doing all the sales and marketing. I'm basically going to be working because until I started hiring people, I was working 80 plus hour weeks, burning myself out and super stressed out. And um, I just, I would have done more research into the commitment. And, and, you know, I don't want, I don't want to give a message out to create that analysis paralysis, which can very well happen when you do that. But what I would say is look at the commitment. What is it? And reconcile that with what you want in life and say, does this feel aligned with what I want in life? Is this like, imagine like the day or the week of doing that business as much as possible and just feel like, is this aligned? Is this something that really excites me? And, um, and I knew like at that time, I remember the only thing that excited me was making the money. Like, I, I, I mean, the, the lighting was nice. I mean, it definitely transformed spaces and there was, there was a passion, but it was a, it was more, it was like an artificial fabricated passion. I got passionate about it because I was making money doing it. And, um, and I just love business and it was just like, I love to be active in business and entrepreneurship and it feels good. It makes me, it makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm called to do. But the thing that I was doing, I really, you know, I didn't care about weddings, just didn't care about them. I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing and amazing events, lots of families. But for me personally, it just wasn't something that excited me. So I think, you know, going back 10 years, I would have definitely told that Jake to, um, you know, have practice some self-awareness and really take this commitment and, and, you know, put it up, put it on a, you know, put it under a microscope for a minute and, and, and look at it and say, is this really what I want in life? Is this, you know, is this something I want out of this? Is this feel aligned? And probably wouldn't have done it <laughs> if I, if I did that, probably would have picked something. I would have picked something different. I don't know what that different thing would have been, but I would have picked something different. Yeah. Well, really wise advice. Um, Jake Anderson, thank you so, so much for taking the time and for being here and for speaking to all of us anxious entrepreneurs. It has been such an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. A huge thanks to Jake Anderson. What an opportunity to talk to you. I, I'm just blown away by all that you're doing, all that you've been through, and how you've come through it. And I know that there are likely a lot of people listening who have been through it this last year and have similar stories to tell. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. Jake, thanks so much for sharing your story and helping to inspire this community. 
I also want to give a big thanks to Brad Parsons at Train Sound Studios for producing and editing this podcast and also to Camille Bloom for the beautiful original music. I hope you go out into the world today with strength, bravery, and kindness. <laughs>